think of his grace and his mercy And oh yeah, how he loves me All I can do is thank him for blessing me He shows me from the hurt and the pain A touch from him and you will never be the same Yes, I gotta thank him for saving me I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into this sin, but he decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night. Because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguised. But now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive, I rose up from the dead survive. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody, I want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited. I'm going to call this the family edition, okay? I'm going to call this the family edition because we have an amazing servant leader on with us today. We have a former athlete, a former athlete uh, athlete for the University of uh, North Carolina Chapel Hill football team. He is now the current youth pastor at Westwood Community Church. Just an amazing servant, a humble servant, and there was no way I didn't get my family on here today to talk and uplift the name of Jesus. So we have servant leader Joseph Jackson Jr. with us today that's going to bring a word, have some conversation about faith, sports, and servant leadership. So Joe, I'm going to pass the torch to you just to say hello to our listeners, and we're going to get this conversation started. Servant Leadership Podcast. Look, I think you guys are amazing. You guys got an amazing leader. Chelsea is doing some revolutionary stuff. I, uh, it's just crazy to see um, how much impact, you know, family is having. I mean, just is reaching globes. She's touching each part of the globe with uh, this ministry, with this podcast. And I, uh, I think it's so phenomenal that I get to be a part of this. So I'm really honored, Chelsea. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. I really do. And just to give you kind of uh, a look at what we kind of been talking about this past year. And I told you we met and for our new listeners, we started this thing in the midst of a pandemic where coaches and athletic professionals and leaders were lost, right? Used to leading and guiding and everyone now were home, sitting on couches trying to figure out what to do next. And this thing now has spiraled to just reach and touch those that lead, um, bringing that component of faith and how we allow God to lead us as we lead his people. And so those are the conversations that we have on this podcast. And I'm just looking forward to an encouraging message that you have for us because I'm encouraged every day when I just watch what you put out there on social media. Hey man, I'm excited. I, uh, I think I got a pretty cool word. Um, I think more than anything, these messages are just so powerful because they, they're applicable to my life. I believe some of the, um, some of the most influential speakers that we hear, some of the most life-changing messages that they deliver come from their own struggles. And, uh, I'm excited to be able to kind of share some of the, the areas where I got to be benefited by some of these great teachings that we get from the Bible. So I'm excited. For sure. Well, we're ready to hear from you, man. We're going to go ahead and let you lay that word on down. I got my pen and paper because I know what's about to go down and we're going to let you flow. Cool, cool, cool. So um, I want to I wanna really talk about servant leadership. Um, I was talking to Chelsea and she was kind of talking about this theme of arsenal, right? Like what, what can we add to our arsenal as uh, servant leaders? And I believe there are so many concepts, so many things that we can pull from the Bible. Uh, but one that I really kind of want to dive in today is about lessons. Right, life lessons. And I believe we can go through so many seasons of life uh, missing the lesson, missing the central topic that God was looking to get to us. And uh, I truly want to be able to kind of tone in on that because I believe as leaders, 
I mean, we're coaching people, we're coaching teams, we're coaching teens, and uh, truly our ability to lead them from the season that they're in to the promise that God is looking to get them to is uh, being able to pull from the concepts that he's, he's truly developed in us. Um, so I'm taking a look at Joshua 1, and uh, it's going to be actually be chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, and uh, I'll kind of read that real quick. So uh, this is Joshua talking. He says, after the death of Moses, servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Um, so looking for a lesson, I think, I think this is so powerful because this is a period in uh, the nation of Israel and the history where there is so much, uh, there's been so much baggage, right? They've been through turmoil, they've been through the wilderness, they've been wandering, they've been believing for this promise, and now they're on the brink of it. They're literally getting ready to cross over uh, through the challenges, through the despairs, into the promise that God has for their life. And uh, there are so many pieces to highlight. There are so many pieces to pull from. But I believe truly when we start talking about this concept of servant leadership, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the way that God even spoke uh, his word about Moses, about Joshua. He says, after the, the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, uh, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, this is powerful because Moses, Moses, uh, his character, uh, God could have referred to in many different ways. He could have described it through many different traits. Uh, many different things. Moses was a lot of different things, just like us. Moses was murderer. Moses, Moses was stuttering. Uh, but truly, the, the way that God chose to refer to Moses was as a servant. And I believe this is so powerful because it not only exposes you to uh, the perspective that God has for us, a perspective full of grace, uh, but it also allows us to see the position that he wants us to be in, a servant. And uh, this is so critical because I believe um, what truly has qualified Joshua in this season, in this time, really of succession, was his ability to aid. And I believe, you know, we, we live in a society where we're looking for uh, self-motivation, uh, self-indulgence. We're looking around the corporate ladder um, and we're looking for a lot of self-help. But at some point, we need God's help. And uh, I believe that a lot of times we're, we're overlooking uh, God's help, God's aid, because we're looking to do it our way. And uh, it's so powerful because even when you look back over the course of Joshua's life, uh, God has been continually developing him as he's been aiding Moses. You take a look at and, and throughout numbers as they're, as they're wandering through the wilderness. Uh, one of the things that, that, that God truly comes to test, uh, to refine, is the sight of Joshua. I truly believe if you can't see, you can't serve. Because you have to see the people that God wants you to serve. Come on uh, here. There was, there was a, a, a point in time where where uh, Joshua was commissioned to uh, go spy out the land, right? They're, they're, they were getting ready to look at Canaan. Uh, God is, is giving a word to Moses to, to send to 12 leaders to go seek out the land. And uh, they come back, they, they bring a report. Uh, 10 of the 12 bring a horrible, horrible report. Two bring a report that the land is um, vast, it's, it's big, it has uh, resources, it has so much plethora of, of uh, fruit, of, of so much things that could truly bring beneficial life. And uh, it's very evident that, that many of the people that went to go see the land, their perspective was flawed. Their perspective was fogged. And I'm truly convinced that if we're looking to lead God's people, we have to allow him to develop our sight. And I think truly to be able to do this, to serve the people, uh, it takes us not only staying planted, but submitting to the seasons that he's looking to sit us in.
And I believe this can be a challenging thing for so many people uh, because pride is real. Pride, pride is, we can, we can sit up here and we can fake and we can ha ha, he he, but at the end of the day, pride is for real. I believe the, the struggles of humanity are real. And uh, to truly overcome them, we, it only happens through the blood, the blood of Jesus. And uh, I believe specifically at this point in time with, with Joshua, um, it's his ability to listen, to receive. It's so powerful. Is Grandma on here? Grandma, you on here? I don't I know. If, I don't I'm know here. if she on here. <laughs> I really want to say something to me. Um, I remember I was talking to my, my grandma at one point. Y'all, we I love my grandma. Um, God bless her heart. I gotta go. Grandma, I gotta come see you. Um anyway, <laughs> shout out to Miss Graham. We gotta give <laughs> we gotta give grandma grandma shout out. <laughs> she uh she I, I called her one day, um, and this has maybe been about maybe a year ago. And uh when I called, how you doing, baby? I said, Grandma, I'm doing good. Okay, okay, high school. And we talk, we talk about our day and um, talk about school. And she's like, okay, you're getting your lesson. I said, my lesson? You mean that I go to do my homework? No, did you get your lesson? And it's so powerful because that is such a, um, a versatile topic. It's about getting the lesson. What am I learning? Am I growing or am I just taking up a seat? Am I seeking to get better? Or am I truly just allowing my lens, my sight to be false? And uh, I believe, I believe truly, again, our heart has to be uh, to get to a place where we allow God to, to develop our sight, to develop uh, truly what it is he needs to, to get us to see and, and send the people to a different direction. I believe as we start talking about even um, coaching, specifically the kids, right? Uh, these kids go through a lot. They see so much. Uh, brokenness is real. Dysfunction is real. Uh, some of them have only experienced dysfunctional backgrounds, dysfunctional families. And truly, it's us being able to take the concepts. Because at the end of the day, I think so many, um, the issue is that we have uh, so many people who aren't willing to take a seat in a season to get a lesson, uh, trying to lead and they're trying to take people to a place that they've never been. I'm trying to teach finances, but I don't have mine in order. I'm trying to teach parenting but i really i'm still trying to get it down it, it, I, I just truly believe that it's again it's not about perfection because i'm not saying that you got to have a mega church to plan a church i'm not saying that you got to have 15 cars to tell somebody how to how to truly uh, finance a car but what i am saying is that i have to be able to take the concepts from previous seasons in my life to be able to take others because again at the end of the day it's all about catching the rhythm of god can i catch the rhythm of god so that i can stay planted to get the lesson and I believe truly as, uh, as servant leaders, as coaches, we have to truly be, um, we have to one, be submitted so that we can get the lesson, but also uh, be in a position where we can relate it to others so that they can understand it, so they can catch the rhythm, so they can be developed as well. And I think truly when we do that, um, we position ourselves to create servants. And that's what it's about. How many, how many times can I replicate myself? How many times can, I, can, can God use me to, uh, to regenerate, to revive others? And uh, at the end of the day, that's, that's really what we're called to do. We, we, we can make life about so many different other things, but at the end of the day, our, our biggest commission is to make disciples. And I think when we do that, when we truly make life about getting the lesson, about taking a seat in this season um, and really learning, just learning, just listening. What can I get from this conversation? What can I draw from this person? When we truly get to that place, I, I, I truly believe God is able to use us in levels like never before. In Joshua's case, even though Joshua is hearing some of the worst news of his life, he's hearing a, a deaf pronunciation. He's able to see this promotion with a different perspective. 
I believe for so many, because this is very interesting when we just start talking about Israelite history. Um, this is actually a, a burden coupled with a blessing. And it's so interesting because I believe that that's the struggle of life. God, I'm getting this, but I'm losing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe that um, with, with Joshua, his ability to, uh, to sit, to be refined, is what allows him to get up, to get ready, to cross over into what God has for, for um, not only him, but for his nation. And I think that's truly the journey that all of us have to um, submit ourselves to, is allowing God to humble us, to teach us, to grow us, so that we can lead the people across. And I, think and really, I, know that's, I know that's short, but that's really what look, I Look, mean. no, but let me tell you, in all of this, okay, I was, I was down here chatting with Lecrae, and she's like, yes, a whole word, a whole entire word, because I'm sitting here trying to write and catch up. I already knew. That's why I had my pad right here. I already knew because I know the conversations we have just on a random, right? And so there's just so many things when we talk about servant leadership and trying to grow in our faith and be the true servant leaders that God has called and asked us to be. And I really do think that you punched me in my side with it because you said, if we can't see, we can't serve. Mm -hmm. And so often the blind leads the blind. That's what you're saying. We're trying to teach individuals, especially our young people, on things we haven't grasped yet. And so the true platform, the true playbook, I say this all the time. I don't care what sports you play. Basketball, football, soccer, baseball. We've had it all on here. Rugby, NASCAR, right? And so whatever the case may be, there is a playbook. There's a plan. And Christ gives us that plan. But the fact of the matter is, how often do we go to that plan? And that's what leads us to not being able to see. But you speak on how, how he sat there to be, you said, let me get it, can I put it there? Can we sit to be refined? Mm. Come on here, Joe. That's, mm. can we sit to be refined? But it's our pride that won't let us sit. It's our pride that won't let God just, just take over and mold us into what he wants us to be. Mm. That's golden. You know, we have talked about the servant leader arsenal and we talked about this. I said, I'm pretty sure when you walk the campus of Chapel Hill, you'd head to practice, or even in your trunk, your car, there was a bag, right? Everybody always has a ready-made bag when you're an athlete. And they had some cleats, football, right? Come on, there's something in there, right? And so I didn't have to know. We can use our context clues to say, okay, Joe plays football. In mind, you're going to catch my sneakers and basketball. The context clues would say, Okay, Chelsea plays basketball. But the fact of the matter is, it should be just that easy when a person says they're a servant leader. It should mm-hmm. be just that easy for people to see our toolbox, to see our bag. And knowing that servant leader bag, you see those tools, those things in there, I can say, oh, that's a servant leader. But we really don't, we don't have that grasp yet. So in talking about that, and that's been the motivation of God right now, when we talk about servant leaders, what are some of those things, those tools that servant leaders should have in order to better lead and, and serve those that, that follow them? Well, I think um, the number one thing a servant leader, I guess when we just start talking about leading people in general, you got to be integrity. I have to lead with integrity um, because at the end of the day, if, if you can't exemplify it, then how can you expect people to follow it? And how, even more so, if you can't, um, if you can't do with, the, with integrity, how can you expect God to bless it? Come on. I think a lot of times we try to play ourselves, but we really be trying to play God and, and, and we just playing ourselves. Like it, we, I, so for me, integrity has really been a big thing. That, that's something that we got to have. Um, humility. At the end of the day, if you're looking to serve people, um, 
that 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 means that at the end of the day, if I'm a servant leader, then that's someone that that is that is either leading me or giving me direction, giving me guidance. At the end of the day, I believe that um, as leaders, we should have human accountability uh, as well as godly accountability. So I'm seeking God, but I also have leaders above me that who are, who are keeping me in check, who are, who are allowing me to grow, who are giving me tools, who are giving me concepts to push me to um, to grow me. So I truly believe that again, humility, and integrity are really big in accountability. Those should be aspects that that uh, that should be very, very, very clear. And I think again, accountability is just clear from the from the conversation. Submission, right? It has to be. A, I think that's a that's a touchy topic. Submission Come on, on both now. sides. I felt some people sides, squirm right? a little bit, actually. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a touchy topic. We got too much submission. Uh, but both, I believe, for both male and female, that's a touchy topic. Uh, but it's so needed, so critical. I, I believe a lot of times it's hard for us to really walk in it to understand it because we're, we're viewing it from such a, a humanly perspective, right? Um, but I think truly when we, when we get to the mindset of understanding that we really don't, we, we, this is a learning curve for us. We, 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 we're, we're trying to catch this rhythm. We're trying to move with God, right? Um, mm-hmm. I believe truly when we embody that perspective that uh, we're all students of this game, we truly can allow people to, uh, to see God's heart in us and to see his will exemplified through us. And see, that's the part, that is the part where we discuss, can people truly see God in us? You know, anybody watches this podcast and they listen to it on a daily, they're going to hear me always say that I love Christine Kane. Okay. I love her. And the reason being is because she lays it out plain and simple. And one of the things that she said that truly pierced me a while ago, and I listen to her messages every time they air. And she said, you know, it's amazing that in our daily walks, we found ourselves find ourselves either surrounded in a crowd filled with individuals who are already in the in the Christ circle. Okay. Mm. But how often do we reroute ourselves to be able to show, and as she says, give light to a broken world? She says that we are God's love letter. But the problem is when you ask yourself, what are people reading? Mm. I heard that in every aspect when you said that when individuals look at us, do they see Christ in us? What do they see is the question. Do they see the light? You know, we remember we're little. There was a song that said, Jesus is the light that shineth in me, right? Is he that light that shines? Or when people see us, are we the reason that they run away from him? Are we the reason that they question this thing called Christianity? And I think that's very, you know, insightful that you point on that because really all of us have to take into account what we're showing because there's individuals that we may be the only scripture they read and the only church that they go to. Mm. Amen to that. That's a word right there. I think that's golden. I'm telling you, you stirring up something here. You know, I, I, I often talk about on this podcast, just, you know, the fact that the pandemic, it did, you know, and a lot of times we speak about it in past tense, like it's not still going on. Okay. Mm. Um, but for me, a lot of people saw it as, and it was, it was a time for some that lost, right? But there are seasons in life in general, pandemic or not. But the pandemic gave us all time. It gave us all time. Now, how we used it, <laughs> that's a different thing, how we chose to use that time. But in the pandemic, a lot of things were birthed, right? You saw a lot of things like podcasts, for one, um, business ventures, right? Individuals taking on new um, directions in their lives. In this time, there's been changes. What has the pandemic taught you or birthed for you? Ooh, 
I think for one, um, I think I can look at that from a few different perspectives. I think I can look at it from a personal perspective and from a, a church perspective, um, body. I think for me personally, uh, the pa pandemic has really just kind of shown me that um, that one, God can get us in a place to really allow us to refocus and see what's important. On, I think a lot of times we can get so caught up in, in work and, and, and praise God for great jobs and great opportunities and finances, um, but we can get so caught up in so many, we can get caught up in the weeds. I think a lot of times it truly allows, it gives us again this fog perspective of life. Uh, what is life truly about? What, what, is, what is truly uh, happening? What is, what is true contentment in life? I think so many of the terms that we, um, we pin as the American dream are so subjective. And uh, I believe truly this time has given us the opportunity to truly see what's really important. Because when the money dries up, when, when, when all the friends run away, sometimes all you got your family and God, Jesus. Come on now. And uh, I, think, I think those are the, the moments that help you really truly um, take your faith to another level. When you start talking about church, I think, um, if you ask me, I think when it comes to reach digitally, the pandemic has been one of the things that has birthed a digital explosion of the church. Um, I think when you talk talking about Paul, Paul talks about each member has a ministry, right? Um, we're, with, we're the members of the body, right? With the, the ligaments attendance. And I think truly more than anything, what this pandemic has birthed is more Christian social media influences, more churches adapting, uh, more churches truly getting on board that were stuck in an in a, in a old model, in an old system. Uh, that are truly touching lives. And that's what it's about, because every member has a ministry. Like, and it may look different. It may look like a podcast. It may look like comedy skits about God. It may look like whatever it is. We all have a ministry. And I believe more than anything, this pandemic has shown me how, uh, how creative we can get with relaying the message, the gospel of Christ to our generations. I think that's it. And, and, and I think that's the best thing that you say. Every member has a ministry. And as my grandpa would have said it, rest his soul is, and I, and I say this, I actually, I put this in a quote the other day, but I hear him and that's what drives me. He all say, baby girl, you got to work while it's day because mm -hmm. when it comes, no man can work. And so I think you're right. A lot of people have started to focus in on that, but you know why, Joe, is because we were still enough. We were seated to be refined, as you said. See, before the pandemic, every day was a hustle and bustle. I got to get my job. I got to go here. I got to do this. I got to do that. But see, in this pandemic, especially in the thick of it, right, where we didn't know which way to go, this was new, what is this that's going on? Everyone was in the house. Everyone was forced to pay attention and sit and listen. And one of the real reasons why we can't hear God is because we're always moving. There's always different distractions. You know, I was charged for, by a minister a couple of years ago and it really changed my whole entire prayer life. He said, prayer is a conversation, right? He said, so do I call you and talk? And when I'm done saying what I have to say, hang up. Ooh. Oh, that's weird. He says, so why do you pray, say amen, and then you get up? You spoke, but now it was time for God to respond. Mm. Hang up when you say amen and walk yeah, that's good. And that pierced me to my core. It did. It pierced me to my core and it changed my whole way of prayer, my whole way of thinking. And that's what this pandemic did for a lot of people. One of the other things you said, it changed the design. 
the the churches who had a hard time getting out of the mundane way of worship you had no choice but i think a lot of the time too people ran back to the foundation which brings me to my next question to you when i say this see the foundation of church right was laid in us now in in that foundation regardless if we leave right regardless i don't care how old the house gets i don't care what the cracks depend on that foundation right and so your foundation of faith talk to me about how your faith drives you right even in the midst of our obstacles in life how your faith that has been laid that foundation was laid how your faith has just drives you in a world where there's mountains and there's valleys mm. now that's big i think so for me um me and my sister, we had a praying mother. Uh, she was she was amazing, amazing woman of faith. Uh, God rest her soul. She uh, she truly, I mean, she walked it out. She exemplified it for us, and uh, I, I, we were so blessed because we got we had a living model of it, of how to do life with Jesus when it was good and when it was bad, when it was a diagnosis, and, and when and we were when we were able to go to the beach. And I think I think um, that was so influential, influential in establishing a, a foundation for us. I think for me, um, just looking back, those moments are what led me uh, to being able to see it in my own life. Right? I think um, I think that's a, that's that's a big part of it is is uh, is not only reading it but seeing it come alive. You know, I think I think those are the, those are the transformative moments where people get saved. You know, um, we we can tell people, oh, come come to Jesus, get saved, praise God, Amen. But a lot of times, most people don't get saved because I say they get saved. They get saved because they had an interaction with the Holy Spirit, God. There was something that happened. They couldn't explain it. They couldn't truly articulate it. They just knew it was real. And I think uh, for me, it was seeing those moments in my life, in my career. I can remember um, even as a young man, I was a teenager. And uh, I mean, I knew my parents. My parents, you know, they, they, they you know, we, we were okay. We, we weren't the, the richest by any means, anything like that. I knew that if I wanted any real future for myself, um, I really had to. I really had to get me hustle. I had, I had to do. I had to believe in something. I need Jesus. I need you to help me. I need you to help me. Um, and uh, one of the one of the bigger uh, avenues that I saw was sports. I said, okay. I mean, I, I never really played sports before. I'm 13, 14, and I, I don't know how this could work, but I think it could work. And uh, it was just seeing God truly His hand on it. You know, the doors that He opened, the, the phone calls that happened, the text messages, the people that showed up. And uh, it was just, it was crazy to see. Uh, that moment of faith uh, transitioned into a moment of fruition at National Signing Day. That was amazing. Come um, on. And I think that was something that changed my life forever. Um, that was something that truly ignited this whole thing for me. And uh, I believe again, truly, when you when we when we can get that model, whoever that is, whether whether um, that's a person, whether that's getting through the work, whatever that is, when we can truly get that that model to to help us see it. Right to help us truly develop that that solid foundation, um, that's what truly helps us push to press into the promise that God has for our lives. See, you're cutting up, okay? So I'm telling you this right now: you're cutting up because see, I'm already on page two of my notebook, and I try not to let pages be caught up in the mic on the podcast. And and that's when I know that that God is truly working through His vessels. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we have moments of faith that become moments of fruition. And that right there, I'm telling you, don't make me jump out this chair because that's the biggest piece. The first thing you talked about is that 
that foundation of faith that you learned through your parents and your mom and watching her strength rest her soul, right? And so, but one of the things that it does is just like anything else. When there's a movie out, right? And at the end of the day, when the movie comes out and it's like, oh, that movie was good. Let me go and tell somebody about it. Because we do that. We do that without even a second thought. Y'all, I watched this movie. It was so good, right? We eat at a new place. Did y'all try a new place down the street? Man, it was good. It was, it's cheap. We're going to go ahead and share the good news, right? But see, mm-hmm. the, the matter is what led them to try it was that you gave that rave review. So we don't have enough rave reviews for what Christ has done. Mm. Problem. See, we went and tried it, right? Culver's just got here in Tallahassee. And I knew about Culver's because I, I would eat it in Orlando. So, of course, it's crazy. They wrapped around the building. But the reason being is because somebody said, I went to Culver's. It was good, right? So shout out to Culver's if you hear me, okay? But why? Because they gave a rave review. Now, Mm. somebody said, did you try this man? Let me tell you real quick about this man named Jesus. Mm. Y'all, I tried him. And let me tell you, it was beyond anything you could have ever imagined. Who would I run into that? Y'all tell you about this man that healed me. Doctor didn't even know anything, couldn't form out a method, and he healed me. Who's not intrigued to at least, at least, no more? Because look, they can go to Culver's Joe and they can say, I don't think it was good. That's not for me. That's fine. But they went. Mm. They went. And see, our job in that moment is to take those faith moments that you just talked about and tell them how those faith moments turned into fruition tell them how that kinetic of my faith the potential of my faith became kinetic when god put his hand on it and if we could just give them the rave review to just try it that's all god has to say we had a coach on here coach hub shout out to him uh he is a defensive coordinator at the uh catholic university of america and he said see the problem is our jobs christ called us fishers of men Mm. That we're trying to do the whole process. God just said, drop the line wherever you go. He said, we try to clean them. He He asked you to drop the line. Right? And so your words stirred that up. That's how you can tell a true mark of a servant leader when these words begin to align themselves. That faith and fruition part comes from truly being able to witness and giving those rave reviews about what Christ has been. If we can do that, to, we, we're free publicity mm. from companies that don't need our help. But here's this man that's just saying, come on here, try me. Try me. Yeah. We have, all it takes is a rave review that could send somebody to try it. And one thing that I know and you know too, is all it takes was them trying. Because the only say, try Jesus, he's all right. Come on. <laughs> no, start me up now. <laughs> I love it. You know, I want you to speak a little bit more um, just about, you, you started mentioning how sports got involved in your life and how Christ opened up that avenue. Talk to our listeners because this is, of course, a sports platform as well. Just about your time leaving Florida, okay? Mm-hmm. Getting to North Carolina at Chapel Hill, right? That new venture and how we know, for those that went to college, we know our foundation, and we also know college. But how mm. are you able to use Christ and take him with you 
right, along that path and that journey? Mm, I think for me, um, it's so interesting. It's kind of almost like a when 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 God truly gets a hold of you, uh, it's like a rubber band. You can't get it so far. Uh, you can't. You can't get it so far. <laughs> Honestly, it's really nothing that I can't even sit up and hey, nothing I did. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, but I would say if we can't even come to Christ unless He calls us, right? It's it's just Him. It, I mean, at the end of the day, it was just Him. It was His grace. It was His mercy. It was Him covering me. It was just Him. I I, I could be. We would be. You know, going to the store, going down the street, and God, something was just happening. The car turns this way, or or I just keep going straight that way. It was just His grace covering me. Um, I think. In the in the sports arena, um, I think there are a lot of situations when you start talking about uh, there, there are a lot of situations where I was given favor. Um, there are a lot of situations where where um, I believe even players were were, were able to uh, grow with me, to grow in faith alongside me, um, just because of again God just being with me. It wasn't necessarily anything I did perfect or, or great. It was just uh, I was it was just God looking out for me, just God watching over me. I think that's awesome. And it is just, you're right. Once that church is in you, I don't care if you try to leave. Once Christ is in you, I don't care where you go, what you do. It's going to pull you back. All right. It, it just happens. And I think it's just amazing how Christ orchestrates our life's path to be able to reach those that he's asking us to reach. Um, and one of the most amazing things about that, though, is within the sports arena. I tell people this all the time. Christ is trying to utilize the sports arena. Why? Because regardless, right, the NBA playoffs have started. Okay? Mm -hmm. And now that they've allowed individuals, Madison Square Garden was, was sold out last night. Okay. And they put on a show for us. So shout out to the Knicks, but you know, the Hawks <laughs> and, and killed your dreams, but it's okay. Game two. But that being said though, within that arena, there mm -hmm. are many different races. There are many different genders, right? There are many different religious religious belief systems, but they're all cheering for the same team, mm -hmm. right? They're able to come together in spite of their differences for a sports team. And so when many people ask me about this Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study platform, I said, I know Christ gave it because it's the one place that individuals truly can come together and not even think about, well, you look different. Right. Mm. Oh, you love differently than me. You, you know, in these moments, we're here because we love sport. And what Christ has been able to do, I use that word, infiltrate the sports arena. But what ends up happening, I hear most, Joe, is I hear people say, well, my faith, I have my faith, but I don't feel comfortable. I don't mm. feel comfortable sharing my faith. Right. Rather it be for just discomfort. Um, not being secure enough in their faith to share, right? And one of the biggest things that we're starting to see, like take Baylor's men basketball, right? It's becoming, I don't want to say a trend, but I mean that in a good way of individuals letting their guard down a bit and let Christ seep in. So mm. you hear me say, we working to normalize athletic professionals of faith and faith in sports. What's some advice that you could give to athletic professionals and coaches and athletes as we work to allow Christ to infiltrate the sports arena, that person that is a little bit nervous about sharing their faith, that person that wants to know more, right? But just, I don't know how I feel about sharing that in public. 
what's some advice you can give to work to normalize faith within this sports arena? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say somebody's breakthrough is in your mouth. Like, come on. I feel like a lot of times we just gotta like, so literally, I, I believe that we were sent to people. Like we, we were, we were sent out to people to fit like fishers of men. And I think a lot of times, um, we don't think of it in that perspective. We don't think of it in that mindset. That literally something that God's looking to save through me could literally save somebody from suicide, could save somebody from jumping off a bridge, could save somebody from losing their mind, uh, that could comfort them uh, in one of their most deepest moments, lost moments. And uh, I think that has to be the perspective of this understanding. I, I was I was called to do this. This isn't anything that's abnormal or, or um, anything like that, but this is what I was created to do. This is my number one goal on this earth is to go to men, to go to people. And I think uh, when we truly begin to embrace that and also just not be afraid, not be afraid of who we are, who we really are. I think the world, society tries, the culture tries to call us so many different things. At the end of the day, we are children of God. Come on. I, I think when we get to the point where we're unafraid and unapologetic about expressing that, about exemplifying that in our own creative ways, I believe so many people, again, are, um, so many people can be uh, deterred from, from discipling because they feel like they got to do it a specific way. I got to get up there with the microphone and test them on the service, and I got to say it, I got to say it like this, and I got to say it like Mother Johnson. No, you tell your, your unique story. You tell your story how your story goes. And everybody's story is different, and the way that everybody relates it is different. And I think truly when we begin to embrace that, you know, um, that's when this whole thing goes to another level. Come on now. And, and then I think that's just, there you go again. I'm telling you, everybody always has those one-liners that take me out, right? But truly, someone's breakthrough is in your mouth. You just said that, a whole word. And it's the truth. And a lot of times, we will you, we want people to see, and this is how I say this all the time, you want people to see your glory moments. Mm. Fine, right? That's the presence of social media right now. They look at you on social media because that is a snapshot of what you selectively want to show people, Right? And that's why I love what you do, that you are able to demonstrate the word of God and take it to social media. Because see, I'm going to take seven selfies first and then pick the best one. And I'm going to pluck that one up on social media. But that's not reality, right? I'm not going to show you my struggles. I'm going to post for you. I'm not going to post for you the jobs I got rejected from. I'm going to post for you my promotion, right? Yeah. The world we live in. But we fail to realize that those story moments that's what helps people break through amen on the glory all you want to but what happens is you start to hear things like this well see things always go your way he always wins they've never had a bad day and that's not true and i'm not saying that oh my woe is me moment should be the only thing coming out of my mouth but going back to that witnessing portion being a review, giving a five-star review to what Christ has done is what the difference maker is, right? Because when I can tell somebody, hey, you know, you know, they say Christ is a healer. They say, but mm. I step up and tell you, I know you say my walk was easy, but Christ healed me. I'm telling you this firsthand. Then it's like, hold on, <laughs> talk mm. more about that. And so if we can stop being so caught up in what we want individuals to see and believe about us and pay attention to the very thing that you could be posting. I don't care if one person likes your post. That could be the one person God ordained to hear that tweet or that, or that Facebook post. 
But we'll get there and say, it didn't get enough likes, I'm gonna take it down. Mm. I'm not gonna post this because I don't know if somebody gonna take it the wrong way. But we need some people to start taking it the right way. Being able to give that message, we're his messenger. And we need more messengers out here. Mm. That's golden, Joe. Oh, I love it. You know, my, you'll hear me talk about my grandparents all the time and my mom. And you get it because, you know, family and shout out to all the family that's listening right here and fellowshipping with us today. Um, and one of the things that I do know about this family and, uh, you know, my extended family, and all of you guys is that I don't care what we're doing. At some point, it's going to circle all the way back to Christ. OK, mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it was just an two setting, individuals cooking, a family reunion, somebody graduated. We're going to pray. OK, and so one of the things that my family And this family has taught me is that you have to always keep a scripture or a word or something in your heart, right? The storm can't come and then it's like, then you go and run for shelter, right? You're from Florida. We live in Florida. We know about hurricane preparation. (laughs) So we don't wait till the news says it's miles out to start getting batteries and, and all the things we need, we prepare. And so that scripture that stays in our heart helps us prepare for the storm of life that will come, mm. okay? So if I were to give you, and I'm pretty sure there's many you could choose from, but what's one of those scriptures that that day goes left, goes wrong, that kind of brings you back to balance and just lets you know that God is still God? Ooh, I think there are a couple for each season. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I think one lately has been... Um, Proverbs, it was a proverb, he who refreshes others will be refreshed. Come on now. I like that's one of mine. I like that now. Uh, that one. That one. It's a whole, you know, like just not growing weary and doing well. Um, and I think it's so powerful because even David he talks about, you know, there was this moment when he he envied the arrogant, right? Like, I'm doing all this good, but it seems like I'm losing. It seems like I'm not getting nowhere doing this. And uh I think, I think um Having that scripture, kind of like you you mentioned, the storm is coming, the test is coming. Have you been studying? Have you been preparing? It's coming. Like you know, it's coming. He's teaching you. You're getting the lesson for a test, for a promotion. And uh, I think I think truly, again, when we begin to when we begin to look at life from that perspective, um, it helps us when we truly begin to take down that that lesson, that knowledge, uh, that scripture. I mean, that's what keeps us going. Because um, again, once you see how real this is, once, it takes you seeing God one good time, you set a life. It 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 truly um it just truly transforms you completely. For sure, and you know when you know I'm a teacher, okay, so I know all about telling you what's going to be on the test, okay? <laughs> tell you right, we review. I give you a review sheet. I will even sometimes tell you this review is going to look just like the test, and. Mm. You know, in a perfect world, all of them would say, let me go study, let me be prepared. But you and I both know that even with the template in their hand, we will sit and procrastinate and we will not prepare. But the amazing part about what the word is, it is, it was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's given us the playbook. He's given us the template to the test. He like, y'all, I'm not changing the game up. It before you even thought of, okay? Isn't it amazing how the word worked then and still works in the scenario we are in now in 2021? Come on. Right? Come on. 
But what do we do? Just like my students, even when I tell you this, I'm gonna go ahead and push this study guide to the side. I'm gonna shove it in the bottom of my backpack, right? I'm gonna put it on my desk, let it collect a little dust, and I'm not gonna use it. What can help me pass? What can help me get through the test? Mm. Word. What do we do? We, we put the word on the shelf. We put the word, right? We're so spoiled by technology and that's fine. Use your word on your technology, that's fine. But we store it away. We have the app on there. How often do we open? Mm. And so he's giving us a review. Will we review it for when we're tested? That's big, Jojo. That's big, man. You know, we move, we shake. You're about to have a big move yourself into walking into your new um, calling as the youth pastor at Westwood uh, Community Church. Congratulations to you. I'm just so thankful for that because I love how God can, again, move his people, right, to meet the needs of those. And, you know, congrats on that. I look forward to seeing what you do with that. But in all of that, though, right, there's a lot on your plate. And mm -hmm. servant leaders, we do. We're here, there, have to do this, have to check this off, and there's things we do have to handle. You know, we stay physically fit by going to the gym. We do those things, right? We try to take care of every aspect of our lives. But a lot of the times what ends up lacking is we don't exercise the spiritual aspect and the spiritual muscle of our lives, right? And you know what happens when we don't exercise, okay? I, I haven't hooped in a minute. I'm not going to hoop for a minute now, okay? Oh. <laughs> I ain't going to be hooping right now. But I promise you, after October, when I try to get back out there, I'm going to be winded. I'm going to be sore. Here we go. You know, your auntie going to be telling me sit down because I have not worked that muscle in quite some time. So mm. the spiritual sense of us, when we don't work that, it's not strengthened. So how do you remain spiritually fit in the midst of your day? How do you make sure that you are spiritually fit and exercise that spiritual muscle to stay ready? Mm, that's discipline and intentionality. Um, and I don't think that we are able to prioritize it until we understand the importance of it. And I think a lot of times, sometimes I think that takes us falling, falling down. Um, it's interesting, you know, um, we, 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 um, we can get so down about the times when we fail, the times when we fall, but a lot of times those are some of the most life-changing and transform transformative uh, moments that we have. We, we run from falling, but this is actually, that we're learning. And I think uh, for me, you know, um, just being able to apply that discipline in my spiritual life, it's been for moments where I've fallen and it's shown me the importance why I need it, why, why I need this, this, this armor, right? Paul talks about putting on a full armor, why I need these arsenals, why I need these tools in my arsenal. Um, I think for me, um, when, when, when incorporating that, it, it truly helps you go to another level. It truly helps you stay, uh, stay rooted, stay planted. I think that's golden. And you, again, stinging in. And that's how I know when God aligns things to a word that was given to me this morning, what I've been meditating on and actually posted this morning. And we look at our scars, we look at our wounds, right? We look at our broken moments where we fail and we hide those moments. We loathe those moments. We think those moments came to hurt us. But what I've learned in my lifetime is that my wounds weaponized me. Mm. my wounds like made me a full blown out weapon. Why? Because it goes back to saying when I was wounded, I was then made whole 
And mm. I did it. So your problem was that you wounded me because it gave God the ability and the opportunity to show up in my life. Come on. So the more you wound me, the more I fall, I recognize that he's able to redeem me. And so when you allow opportunities, when you recognize that those pains didn't come to hurt you, right? When you recognize that when I fail, it wasn't for me to stay down. Sometimes mm. the only way you can look up is when you fall. Come on. And so in those moments, I think that that is so golden what you said, that often when we're in those storms, often when we go through things, we think that Christ is just coming to just, you know, oh, why would he do this to me? <laughs> Right. But we know what the word says. He didn't say, right, those weapons went formed. He just said it's not going to prosper. So we want to hear the part of the word that benefits us in our thinking. Amen. But we interpret it the way that it was said. Why would we think that, that a storm wouldn't come if it if we didn't see it happen already? Right. But that's what he tells you he'll be in the storm. You know, and, and I, I just think that's an amazing word right there. So those that's listening, please understand that trials come to make you strong, right? Mm -hmm. In order, all of my sports people, my athletes, my coaches, you already know what it is. That first week of preseason and postseason workouts with your athletes, they love going to the gym, <laughs> right? But what happens when you haven't been in there a while? When you go through, you're sore, you're hurting because they're tearing those muscles down. Why? to build them up mm. and that's all we are and if we can recognize that how strong we can be that's good jojo you know as we start to close up man uh this has been amazing there's a couple of things that they, they're like the two questions for those that listen all the time there's like the two initiating questions they like enshrine you right it it, it, it instills you and stamps you into the servant leader family and the first one, and many people will know this, if you listen to me, it is a practice that I've made. I've, I've truly been intentional about recognizing what God is in my life, right? Because we can pay attention to what he is. We won't focus on those moments in our life that we forget. And so what I start to do is I'll just say God is, and I'll let that thing roll. And when I tell you, sometimes I get so caught up in it, right? That it's just like, it's endless. It's an endless list, right? Mm -hmm. I'll start to say, God is my healer. God is my provider. God is my protector. And I will just keep going because what that does for me is even when the day is hard, even when I can't see it, I'm reminded that the same God that did it before will do it again. Yeah. Now you don't get a full list now. You only get one. So if I say God is, and I drew a blank, how would Joseph Jackson Jr. feel that blank? God is what? Ooh, God is my comforter. Come on now. Mm, God is God is my comforter. God is um, God has kept me in some of the most um, depressed moments of my life. Uh, I think, um, yeah, Paul. Even Paul, he talks about it, right? That, that we serve a God of comfort, a Father of compassion. And uh, I truly, I truly believe that when we truly get a glimpse of just a glimpse, a fractional glimpse of God's compassion, His comfort for us, it truly changes our perspective. I believe that a lot of times we can have this perspective that God is. We got we got to be perfect, or we gotta we gotta measure up, or we gotta we gotta get it all right, and um, that's not what it is at all. I think truly, when we when we get a glimpse of God's comfort um, in our failings, in our fall downs, that's what changes it all. That's what changes it all. I think that's come on now. 
what does it say? Because thy compassions fail not, they mm. are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And it's just, it's those simple reminders just like that, that he's a comforter, right? I'm often reminded of, and you think about it, we all were there. I'm sure that you did the same with your mom when things go wrong, right? I don't care how old we got. It was like, I need to call my mom, <laughs> right? I got hurt when I was a little kid. We jump up and we're going to go to my mom, right? We're going to go to our daddy. And it's amazing how literally Christ says, yeah, y'all, I made you. I'm your father. I got you. And we find it very hard that that's our, that's our last resort of comfort. We will go to so many different avenues and we seek him last. The word says, seek ye first. We seek him last. And then realize he was right there. The answer was right there. The comfort was right there all along. But we took every alternate route that we could take before we tried him. He's a comforter. I love it. And of course, this is the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, where servant leadership and faith in sports lie at the focal point of this platform. It is a hand of God that truly just moves to just enhance and, as I say, infiltrate the sports world. But one of the things that I do see is we tell individuals what is not out there, what's not happening. Well, you know, individuals, we don't have good leaders, right? We don't have people that's willing to serve. We don't have people that's acting Christ-like. But what I find a lot is, do we have enough people, like you mentioned, the very start of this conversation, that are showing that? And so one of the things that I'm doing on this podcast and on this platform is to create a huge space, template, and manual to show individuals what true servant leadership looks like in coaches, in athletes, in athletic professionals, and anyone who leads. So in talking about servant leadership, two words that many people have so many different meanings about, right? We see them on hashtags, we see them in their bios, and that's great, but we want to make sure that they know the true meaning, so they're exhibiting that to those that they lead. So if I were to ask you, servant leader Joseph Jackson Jr., what is servant leadership to you? What would you say? Mm, Servant leadership is is, uh, having the humility to put others before yourself, to serve the people, to eat last, to sit last. Uh, Again, I think a lot of times we're looking for um, some higher position, some some seat of recognition at the table. And at the end of the day, it's about, can I take the lowest seat? Am I willing to take the lowest seat? Uh, Am I willing to serve the people? Am I willing to wash their feet? I think uh, when truly we can get to that place, that's not only when uh, God can, can shift our own hearts, but he can shift others towards him. That's golden right there. That is golden right there. And and I just, I think it's amazing because true servant leaders, you all will look up for a second, but it rolls right out because it's what you do in your everyday life. To serve is just a part of who you are. That's just you. And like mm-hmm. I said, there's been times that we can just sit around your auntie house, eat, and then it, it will spark up a conversation just to, that'll better me. And that's not what I came for. I can't eat. Right. (laughs) But I end up being enriched by who you are and what you have to share because it's just in you. Right. And the true call of a servant leader, like you said, is am I willing to be humble enough to take a lower seat? 
So we, we get so caught up in life on trying to be promoted and receive the next job and receive the next, you know, elevation. But am I willing to be humble enough to take a lower seat in order to help someone else? And that's Amen. the call of a servant leader. That's amazing right there. The most powerful person in the world was sent here to save us. And it was amazing. I think it was on Easter. I saw somebody say, you know, oftentimes we're asked, if you knew you had 24 hours to live, how would you spend it? He said, Jesus Christ did, and he spent it washing feet. That took me out. I was <laughs> right. And, and when you think about that, and you think about him being the true mark of a servant leader, he's, he's the platform. Like if you see servant leader and you look to the right, that is just what it would be. That's it. He took a lower seat to show true servant leadership, to show true individuals what it meant to be a Christian. And I think that's amazing. Can we take a lower seat? Can we have the humility to put others' needs before ours? Servant leadership. Joseph, I got to thank you, man. I really do. You don't know how hard it has been in this past hour not to call you Jojo. I think I did it once. I think I did it one time. <laughs> but I am so appreciative just of the person you are. I have to let the listeners know it's not just for the podcast. It has been every single time since I've known him, just a very humble individual um, who is truly looking to, as I always say, make God proud. And just know that you make us all proud. I'm so thankful just for your amazing message today, uh, your amazing nuggets that I got two whole pages over here. I'm telling you, I'm going to have to go back over and look over. Um, but the growth that happened today just from this conversation, I appreciate you. Hey, man, I appreciate you, Chelsea. <laughs> well, yeah, before we go, uh, two things from you. One, if you can leave just anything last, any final inspirational nugget line for our listeners that are still working to try to lead guide and are heavy hearted and I say that just because I know what messages I receive in from listeners so to the coach to the leader to the athlete that's still moving forward physically but they need their spirit and their heart to catch up what would you say mm. I would say uh if I'm if I'm looking, because sometimes I feel like we can kind of go through the motions. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, take that time to sit still. You know, I think a lot of times we can try to find we, we try to do so much, we're trying to make so much happen. Um, I think a lot of times we have so many responsibilities, and we don't want to let anyone down. But I think uh, the one thing that we truly got to be again intentional and disciplined about is, is taking care of our spiritual health. So amongst all the, the, um, the distraction, uh, amongst all the responsibilities, take some time to get into the word of God and let him speak to you. Like you said, a lot of times we can pray requests, but am I, am I praying to listen? Am I giving God the opportunity to listen? So take that time to listen, be led, and learn. Come on now. Nothing else I need to say after that one. Listen, be led, and learn. I love it. And the last thing before you go, can you close us out in a word of prayer? Amen. Lord, um, thank you for today, God. Thank you for the great conversation, Father. Um, I thank you for the word that you brought forth. God, I pray that you would help us uh, to continue to grow as servant leaders, Father. We're truly seeking after your heart, seeking your guidance, seeking your direction. Uh, Father, some of us feel so depleted in, in the season that we're trying to push through. 
God, I pray that you would truly allow us um, the grace, God, give us the grace to get still, to get into your presence, Father, and to get transformation. God, I, uh, I thank you for this podcast, Father. I thank you for the lives that have been touched uh, in this ministry, with this ministry. Uh, God, I pray that uh, you will continue to be with it. Let it multiply. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of the podcast, Joseph Jackson Jr., you are now a part of the Servant Leader family. We appreciate you. We welcome you into this long line of servant leaders. We're so glad to have you join us. I appreciate you, man, so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I really love this. Thank you so much. <laughs> for sure. We thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>